Part three of The Talking Thrush and Other Tales from India retold by W. H. D. Rouse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part three Beware of Bad Company The Foolish Wolf Reflected Glory The Cat and the Sparrows The Foolish Fish The Clever Goat Beware of Bad Company a beautiful young swan lived by a beautiful lake all day long he used to sail gracefully over the water curving his neck to look at his own image or pluming his white wings and when he was tired he would go to his nest in the rushes and sleep or play with his brothers and sisters in a tree above that lake was a crow you know that crows are dirty birds and they feed on offal and refuse and people dislike them but the swan was white and clean still strange as it may seem this swan struck up a fast friendship with the crow his mother and father begged him to keep out of bad company but he would not listen to them he had done better to keep to his own kind but wilful will have its way and the swan was sorry for it too late one day the crow said to his friend the swan come old boy let's go and have some fun i'm your swan said the other and away they flew they came to a tree and under the tree was a very pious man saying his prayers here's a joke said the crow now we shall see sport he picked up a lump of mud from the ground and flew up into the tree and then he dropped the mud splash on the pious man's head this interrupted his prayers and he could not help feeling angry although he was so pious so up he got and looked about to see who had done the mischief by this time the mischievous crow had flown off and he was caw-caw-cawing on another tree out of reach but the swan sat still he was not learned in mischief and he did not know what to do then the pious man looked up into the tree and saw the swan sitting there so of course he thought it was the swan who had dropped a piece of mud on his head he had a big catapult with him so he put a stone in his catapult and slick he shot the swan down fell the swan with a great thud he felt that his end was near and how sorry he was now that he had had anything to do with the bad crow however it was too late now to be sorry so he began to sing they say that swans never sing in all their life but when they are about to die they sing beautifully and this is what the swan sang to the pious man i am no crow as you must know but a swan that lived by a lovely lake with bad companions i would go and now i die for a bad friend's sake then the swan died and the pious man finished his prayers the foolish wolf a wolf and an ass were great friends and they spent most of their time playing at an original game of their own the game was easy enough to learn you could play it yourselves and it was this first the ass used to run away from the wolf as hard as he could and the wolf used to follow and then the wolf would run as hard as he could from the ass and the ass would follow one day as the wolf was running away full tilt from the ass a boy saw them ha 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 said the boy what a coward that wolf is to run away from an ass he thought you see that the wolf was afraid of being eaten by the ass 
The wolf heard him and was very angry. He stopped short and said to the boy, "'So you think I am a coward, little boy. You shall rue the word. I'm brave enough to eat you, as you shall find out this very night, for I will come and carry you off from your home.' If the wolf was no coward, at least he was a foolish wolf to tell the boy if he meant to carry him off, as I think you will agree with me. The boy went home to tell his mother. Mother, said he, a wolf is coming tonight to carry me off. Oh, never mind if he does, said the boy's mother. He won't hurt you. The boy did not feel quite so sure about that, for he had seen sharp teeth in the mouth of the wolf so he chose out a big and sharp stone and put it in his pocket why he did not hide i can't tell you for he never told me but my private opinion is he was almost as foolish as the wolf well when night came the boy's mother went to bed and she was soon snoring but the boy stayed up to wait for the wolf about ten o'clock came a knock on the door come in said the boy the wolf opened the door and came in and says he now boy you must come along with me all right said the boy mother doesn't mind i have never been able to understand why his mother did not mind but perhaps he was a very naughty boy and she was glad to get rid of him if he did nothing but pull his sister's hair and put spiders down their necks he was just as well out of the house i think so the boy got on the wolf's back and the wolf trotted off briskly to his den then the wolf thought to himself i have had my dinner and i don't want any boy to-night suppose i leave him for to-morrow and go for a spin with my friend the jackass so he left the boy in his den and off he went after the jackass what makes me think more than ever that he was a foolish wolf is that he never even tied the boy's legs together so when the wolf was gone the boy went out of the den and climbed up a tree in an hour or two back came the wolf ready for bed he looked in at the mouth of the den but no boy where on earth has that boy got to said he i left him here safe and sound it never occurred to this wolf that legs can walk and boys can climb trees he felt very anxious, and as many people do when their wits are puzzled, he opened his mouth wide. The boy saw him standing at the opening of the den with his mouth wide open, so he pulled the sharp stone out of his pocket and threw it in. This boy was a very good shot with a stone, and the stone went straight into the wolf's inside and cut his inside so much that he died then the boy climbed down from the tree and he was at home in time for breakfast i don't know whether his mother was pleased to see him or not but there he was and there he stayed and if he has not gone away he is there still reflected glory there was a shepherd who owned a multitude of goats among these was one goat weak and lame you may suppose that the shepherd took special care of this lame goat but not he on the contrary he beat him and bullied him and made his whole life a misery a time came when the lame goat could stand it no longer so watching his chance he gave his master the slip and into the forest and far away as he hobbled along he trembled to think of the ferocious beasts that the forest was full of 
but even to be devoured by an evil beast was better far than to be for ever beaten the lame goat made up his mind that the only way by which he could save his life was to gain the protection of some powerful beast so he kept his eyes open as he hobbled along and by and by what should he see but a dark cave and at the mouth of the cave a lion's footprints now a lion was just the beast the goat wanted for to begin with he is the king of beasts and all the other beasts fear him and then too he is a noble beast and if he passes his word he will never break it of course it might be that the lion would eat our goat first and ask questions afterwards but the goat had to take his chance of that the upshot of it was that the lame goat sat down by the lion's den and waited by and by trippity trip trippity trip and up came a jackal said the jackal to the goat god bless you gaffer goat you'll be the first food that has passed my lips this many a day dear grandson said the goat god bless you too i'm here to be eaten that is true enough but i meet for your betters he whose footprints you see here has bidden me wait until he wants me the jackal looked at the footprints and saw they were a lion's aha thought he let sleeping dogs lie if i eat the lion's meat the lion will devour my cubs then he went away sorrowful a little while and trippity-trap trippity-trap up came a wolf quoth the wolf well met uncle goat you make my mouth water a five days fast is sauce for the dinner well met my dear nephew says the lame goat but you had better leave me alone i'm food for your betters look upon these footprints and let me tell you that he who made them has bidden me wait here until he is hungry ho ho said the wolf a lion who tackles the strong will not live long if i eat king lion's meat king lion will make a meal of my cubs away went the wolf trappity trip trappity trip a little while more and swish 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 the lion himself came stalking slowly along whisking away the flies with his tail when he saw the goat sitting beside his den says he friend goat what want you here are you anxious to make a meal for me oh king lion said the goat bowing before him very humbly here i have been sitting these two hours and wolves and jackals came to eat me but the sight of your footprints was safety for me i told them i was yours and they took to their heels for fear now eat me if you will for yours i am then the lion said o oh goat if you have called yourself mine never will i devour you i will see to it that you are well treated then the lion went out and found an elephant who greeted him with the greatest respect elephant said the lion i want you to do something for me speak on said the elephant do it i will the lion said there is a poor lame goat has thrown himself on my mercy and i have thought of a plan by which he can be fed if you will suffer him to mount on your back then while you go grazing about he can browse upon the young shoots of the trees as you pass under that is a good idea said the elephant and i'll do it for you willingly and indeed anything else in my power if the lion was pleased at the kindness of the elephant 
more pleased was the lame goat and a happy life was his from that day never again was he beaten by a cruel goatherd but he fed on the fat of the land and lived to a green old age and i hope we may be half as happy as he was the cat and the sparrows there was once a pair of sparrows that lived in a tree they used to hop about all over the place picking up seeds or anything they could find to eat one day when they came back with their pickings the cock had found some rice and the hen a few lentils they put it all in an earthen pot and then proceeded to cook their dinner then they divided the mess into two equal parts the cock was rather greedy so he would not wait while his wife put out the fire and got ready to join in the meal no he gobbled up his share at once before she could begin when at last the poor hen came up her greedy mate would not let her rest even then go and get me a drink of water he said quite rudely she was a very kind wife so without taking any notice of his rudeness off she went for the water while she was gone the cock sparrow's eye fell on his wife's share of the dinner ah thought he how i should like another bit well why shouldn't i have it a man does all the work and women don't want much to eat at any time so without any more ado he just set to and gobbled up his wife's share back came the hen sparrow with a drink of water for her husband when he had drunk it up and i am afraid he forgot to say thank you she turned round to look for her dinner lo and behold there was none what could have become of it as she was wondering she happened to look at her husband he looked so guilty that there could be no manner of doubt where her dinner was you greedy bird said she why have you eaten my dinner i haven't touched your dinner said the cock angrily i'm sure you have said she or you would not look so guilty why you are actually blushing and so indeed he was the tip of his beak was quite red however he still denied it and grew angrier and angrier as people do when they know that they are in the wrong they had a terrible quarrel at last the hen sparrow said well i know a way to find out whether you are telling lies or not you come along with me and she made him go with her to the well across the top of the well she stretched a piece of string and she sat on the middle of the string and began to chirp if i am telling lies i pray i may fall in but though she sat there a long time chirping away she did not fall in then came the cock sparrow's turn he perched on the string and began to chirrup if i am telling lies may i fall into the well but hardly had he got the words out of his mouth when splash down he went then the hen was very sorry that she had proposed this plan she began to weep and cheep and said alas alas why didn't i leave it alone what does it matter if he eats my dinner so long as i have my dear husband now i have killed him by my folly just at that moment up came a cat what's the matter said the cat cheep 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 said the hen sparrow my husband has fallen into the well and i don't know how to get him out if i get him out said the cat will you let me eat him of course you may said the hen sparrow so the cat climbed down and pulled out the cock sparrow when she had brought him to the edge of the well said she 
now i'm going to eat him as you promised oh all right said the hen but stop a minute your mouth is dirty i am sure you have been eating mice now haven't you why yes said the cat so i have well said the hen sparrow you must get yourself clean we birds are clean creatures and you must positively wash your mouth before you begin away went the cat and washed her mouth clean and came back again the hen sparrow looked at her carefully you have not washed your whiskers said she they are still dirty the cat went obediently and washed her whiskers meanwhile the cock sparrow had been sitting on the edge of the well in the sun and by this time his feathers were quite dry so his hen chirped to him now dear you can fly let's be off and off they flew together and the cat was left licking her chops and wishing she had not been such a fool the foolish fish a fish was once flapping and flopping on the sand by the banks of a river she was a lady fish how she got there i don't know but she had been better to stay at home as you shall hear well she flapped away on the sand and couldn't get off she began to feel very dry a man came by riding upon a horse oh man shouted the fish do carry me back to the water again or i shall be dried up and die no no said the man not i indeed you are a she and i have had so much bother with she's in my life that i shall keep clear of you oh dear good man cried the fish do please help me and i will promise not to behave badly i'll be as nice as any man could be just think if you leave me here i shall dry into a stick or somebody will come along and eat me the man scratched his head and wondered what he ought to do but at last he took pity on the fish and got down off his horse then he picked up the fish and put her on his shoulder and walked down to the water now then said he in with you take me into deep water said the fish this won't do for me so the good-natured fellow took her and waded into the water till he was neck deep then the fish opened her mouth wide and said now i'm going to eat you i'll teach you to say nasty things about women that was a nice way of showing gratitude to the man wasn't it i wonder the man did not eat the fish instead of the fish eating him but i am afraid the man was rather stupid it never occurred to him that he might eat the fish and all he did was to scratch his head again that's not fair said he i saved your life and now you want to eat me we must find someone to decide between us and say which is right all right said the fish take me up on your shoulder again and let us find somebody so the man took her up on his shoulder again and out of the water came he on the bank of the river grew a crab-apple tree and the man appealed to this tree to decide their dispute oh tree said he this fish was lying on the sand and i saved her life and now she wants to eat me do you think that is right of course said the tree whose temper was as crabbed as his apples of course why not you men are always doing mischief here am i an innocent crab-apple tree and people come along and cut off my branches to shade themselves from the sun i call that cool well said the man they want to be cool and that's why they cut your branches off don't be a fool 
squeaked the crabapple tree. You know what I mean. So as you do all this damage to us, we are right to do all we can to hurt you, and therefore this fish has a right to eat you if she chooses. Come along, said the fish, as she opened her mouth. Jump in. Wait a bit, said the man. We must try somebody else. I feel sure there is something wrong with this judgment. The fish did not wish to ask anybody else, but she had to agree because they were on dry land. So they went along until they saw an elephant. Oh, elephant, cried the man, do you see this fish? I saved her life, and now she wants to eat me. Do you think this is right? Right, said the elephant, I should rather think so. Why, you men are horrid brutes, always making us carry half a dozen of you about on our backs, or prodding us with a spike or something nasty. Eat you up? I only wish I could eat you up, and I would do it too, but nature makes me eat leaves, and you are too tough for me to digest. So there was no comfort to be had from the elephant. The fish opened her mouth wider than ever, for she was getting hungry, and said, now then, look sharp, in with you. The man was in despair. What was he to do? Give me one more chance, said he, and if they all say the same, then you shall eat me. He looked round, and not far off he saw a jackal. Friend jackal, he cried out. I say, jackal, stop a minute. I want to ask you something. Oh, all right, said the jackal. Ask away. The fish, said the man, was flipped flapping around on the sand and gasping for breath, and I saved her life, and then as soon as she got safe back into the water again, she wanted to eat me. Do you think that's right? Hmm, said the jackal. I don't quite understand. Where was the fish? Lying on the sand, you booby, said the fish, getting angry. How? asked the jackal. Why, said the fish, what does that matter, I should like to know? can't understand said the jackal looking stupidly all around and then up at the sky well said the fish angrier than ever all you are asked to do is to say whether or no i am to eat this man can't you do that without all this bother no said the jackal oh dear said the fish what a stupid you must be all right then come along and we'll show you so she made the man take her on his shoulder again and carry her to the place where she had been lying on the sand that's the place said she the jackal was not satisfied yet but he must needs see how she lay so the man put her down on the sand and the fish began flip-flap flopping again now then said the jackal to the man up on the horse with you and be off what does the fish matter to you? Let her die. She deserves no better. The man thought this was a good idea, so he got up on his horse and off and was more resolved than ever to keep clear of women. But the fish was very angry at being tricked so neatly. You shall pay for this, she gasped to the jackal. I'll come and eat you in your den. All right, you may try, said the jackal, but I fancy you will get eaten yourself and so saying away he scampered the fish flapped and flopped until somehow or other she managed to flap herself into the water after this the fish used to sit by the roots of a fig tree which went down into the river with her mouth gaping in the hope that something might fall in the jackal used to come down to this place to drink 
and one day as he was drinking the fish caught him tight by the leg oh you silly fish said the jackal why didn't you catch my leg you have got hold of the wrong thing said he there's my leg if you want it pointing to the root of the fig tree the foolish fish believed she had made a mistake and let go the jackal's leg and took a good bite out of the root the jackal laughed and scampered away crying oh what a fool you are you don't know wood from meat never mind said the fish next time it will be my turn and then we shall see i'll come and eat you in your den next day when the jackal had gone into the forest to find food our friend the fish jumped out of the water and went roll roll rolling into the forest until she came to the den of the jackal and inside the door of the jackal's den she stood on her tail waiting for him to come back by and by back came the jackal sure enough but jackals are very cunning creatures and he came up slinking quietly and saw the fish before the fish saw him so he called out in a loud voice den den no answer again he called out den den this time the fish thought that the den was no doubt accustomed to reply when the jackal called to it perhaps it was shy because she was present anyhow she thought she had better answer so she called out in return well well you there asked the jackal yes i'm here all right answered the fish just stop a minute said the jackal and i'll be back directly away he ran and the fish crept inside the hole and hid the jackal ran about gathering dry leaves and with the leaves he made a little pile at the mouth of his hole then he went to a fire which some traveller had left smouldering and seizing a brand he brought it and set light to the leaves at the mouth of the cave the fire soon burned up is that nice dear den asked the jackal very nice thank you said the fish who thought she must go on pretending i'll soon make you warm said the jackal and he piled on more fuel it began to get very hot that's enough now said the fish no no den dear said the cunning jackal laughing to himself more and more leaves he piled on the top of the fire one side of the fish got so hot that she turned the other then it got hotter and hotter and soon the fish expired when the fire went out the jackal looked into the cave and there was the fish done on both sides crisp and brown he sat down on his haunches and gobbled her up in a trice and he never had a nicer dinner that was the end of the foolish and ungrateful fish the clever goat a shepherd was feeding his flock on the hills and as they were going home again in the evening one of the goats lagged behind now this goat was very old and goats are not like men for the older they grow the wiser they become so this goat being very old indeed was also very wise there was a very nice clump of grass by the wayside and the wise old goat said to himself here is the nicest grass i have seen for a long time i'm not hungry because i have been eating all day but i dare say i shall soon be hungry again so i had better eat it while i can get it and accordingly she set to work and very soon she had eaten it all up and then she trotted homeward as the old goat went merrily trotting along with her eyes on the ground suddenly she looked up 
and lo and behold a huge wolf sitting on a stump and staring at her hungrily what was she to do to escape was impossible she pulled her wits together and began oh my dear mr wolf cried she how delighted i am to see you i have been looking for you all day and now i found you at last the wolf was so utterly astonished that he had not a word to say at first but after a while he found his tongue and thus he said my good goat you must be out of your senses why i'm accustomed to feed on goats and here you say you are glad to see me who ever heard of a creature so foolish as to throw itself into the jaws of death of its own free will ah cried the goat you don't know my shepherd that's quite clear he is the kindest man in the world and he has a special weakness for you he was talking of you only this morning and saying that he owes you a good turn for not gobbling up any of his sheep though it is ever so long since he began to feed them in your forest so he has sent me to you as a token of his esteem i'm an old goat you see and not much used to him now no ifs and buts says he to me off with you and let kind mr wolf eat you for his dinner and so here i am and indeed you must not suppose i am here against my will not at all i could not think of disobeying our good shepherd and if i did he could sell me to the butcher to have my throat cut and be eaten by horrid beasts of men who have only two legs to bless themselves with i assure you i much prefer being eaten by a noble four-legged gentleman like yourself our wolf was still so surprised that he could find nothing to say and the goat went on do not think dear sir that i am flattering you look at me and judge if a respectable old goat of my age and at the point of death for i see you licking your chops whether i say such a one would dare to tell lies but mr wolf there is one reason why i shall be sorry to die you may not have heard of it but it is true nevertheless that i am a famous songster and it will be indeed a pity that a gift so rare should be lost will you do me one last favour and let me sing you a song before i die i am sure it will delight you and you will enjoy eating me all the more afterwards the wolf was very much pleased at the goat's politeness well said he since you are so kind as to offer i should like to hear what you can do in the way of music all right said our goat just sit down on the hillock yonder and i'll stay here it won't sound so nice if i am too near you the wolf trotted off to the hillock and sat down and waited for the goat to begin her song the goat opened her mouth and uttered aloud ba 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 is that all asked the wolf he was rather disappointed but he did not say so for fear of being thought an ignorant lout oh no said the goat that was only tuning up to get the pitch then she cried again ba 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 louder than before meanwhile the shepherd was not far off and he heard this loud ba ba of one of his goats hello thought he what's up i wonder and set off running in the direction of the sound just as the wolf was getting impatient and the goat was opening her mouth for another ba ba up came the shepherd behind the wolf thwack 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 came his stick on the stupid wolf and with a groan the wolf turned over and died on the spot the shepherd and his wise old goat 
trudged happily home to the sheepfold, and after that the goat took good care to keep with the flock. End of part three.